0: Hey, welcome to the All Teens Considered Podcast. I'm your host, Jillian Parker. All Teens Considered is not a replacement for therapy or personalized advice, but we hope it provides some insight into issues that you or your friends might be dealing with beyond self-help. All Teens Considered is not a replacement for therapy or personalized advice, but we hope it provides some insight into issues that you or your friends might be dealing with beyond self-help. The purpose of All Teens Considered is to explore what teens are thinking and feeling. We actually survey our audience to hear from real young people and invite mental health professionals to get scientific and expert advice. We want to change the stigma around mental health by making mental health education interesting, relatable, actionable, and totally normal. So if you are a teenager listening right now, this podcast is for you, and we want to hear from you. What issues or topics do you want to see covered? How could we make ATC better for you? Share your thoughts by texting 512-537-1778. Our guest today is Emily Bridge. She's a licensed clinical social worker and board-approved supervisor with experience in individual, couples, and alternate relationships therapy. She also has extensive training in treating sexual issues as well as more generalized psychotherapy. Her specific passion is helping folks sort through questions about identity and orientation. Emily is a native Austinite and earned her MSSW from the University of Texas at Austin. Prior to opening a private practice, she worked in inpatient and outpatient psychiatric hospital programs. Since starting her practice in 2011, she has focused on providing care to adults navigating life stressors. In addition, she is a proud member of the LGBTQIA community and is committed to providing support to fellow members. Most importantly, Emily's toy poodle mix, Truett, often joins her at the office to snooze the workday away.
1: All right, Emily, thank you so much for joining me on the show today.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: So today we're talking about a really important topic, which is um, the LGBTQ spectrum, right? And so I think that everyone can agree that there's not a lot of education surrounding this subject. So I want to start off by just asking you, what is the LGBTQ spectrum? Is everyone on it? How does it work?
2: Yeah, great question. So LGBTQ PLUS stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and then queer or questioning. And then there are a lot of other um, words that might go into that acronym afterwards that get encompassed just in a PLUS sign. So things like intersex or asexual could also be included. Um, You know, I think that it is a pretty broad spectrum that encompasses a lot of different types of identities, a lot of different types of orientations um, and and people who identify within the LGBTQ community might not look anything like each other at all. Not everybody falls into the LGBTQ plus community. Um, There are certainly people who do identify as being straight or cisgender individuals who. Very strongly would not identify as being an LGBTQ plus community, but currently the estimates are that about ten percent of the population of the U.S. adult population uh, would fall into that community.
1: Uh, that's interesting. Is is so cisgender or straight? Does that mean that you're on the spectrum? Like I know, um, you know, for a lot of people, uh, sometimes it's not always a hundred percent obvious, right? So, so could you? dive into that a little bit
2: yeah well let's start with just kind of defining what cisgender means and what what straight really means right so cisgender is if you personally identify as being the same gender as the biological sex you were born meaning that if you were born with markers of femaleness like female genitalia female hormones that you also identify as being a female person as an adult, or the same with being male. A straight orientation means that you are generally romantically and sexually attracted to people of a different gender than your own. Um, And generally also for straight, that means that if you're a female, you're attracted to men, male people. Male people are attracted to female people. I think for a lot of us, as we're growing up, whether it's an elementary school, middle school, high school, college, or beyond, we we ask the question, am I gay, right? Or, or am I not straight? Or um, I think it's becoming more and more common now to ask the question of, am I really a female or am I really a male? Um, and that's a totally normal question. And a lot of times what happens is that we experiment right? We might, if you're a female, you might look at another female classmate and might really try and figure out, oh, do I have a crush on them, right? Or maybe you even kiss someone of the same gender. Um, really normal behavior, that doesn't necessarily mean that you identify as being something other than straight or that you identify as part of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, I think that that's it absolutely could mean that, but it also is a much longer process of coming to terms with not just who you're attracted to or who you are romantically interested in, but also a sense of self, your, your sense of where do I kind of fit in in this world.
1: So if I'm um, if I'm cisgender or straight, does that mean that I'm on the spectrum, but I'm just on the far end?
2: It can be helpful to think about gender, sexual, and romantic identity as a spectrum in some ways not. Um, I think that generally for folks in the LGBTQ plus community, if, if someone identifies as straight and cisgender, LGBTQ folks would not like include you within their community, right? So in that way, it's not exactly a spectrum. When I think about the spectrum, though, that's kind of a, an interesting point in that you know, a lot of us kind of get the idea when we're just figuring out what it means to be lesbian or gay or bisexual or, or straight, right? Just what any of those terms are. We, we have this image in our mind of like a line and on one end of the line is straight in mm-hmm. the middle of the line is bisexual and on the other end of the line is gay, um, which very much looks like the spectrum. And there's there was research done a long time ago now um, that really emphasized that as being how it works. But more recently, um, there, there are new models of thought around that, that it's not really like a linear line from straight to gay. And if you're somewhere in the middle, you're bisexual. It's more helpful to think of it as there's like an end point where you have no no um, sexual attraction to anybody. And then uh, the other end of the line is 100% sexual attraction to someone. And imagine that there are three lines there next to each other. So one of those lines is sexual attraction to male people. One of those lines is sexual attraction to female people. And then one of those lines is sexual attraction to other gendered people, people who might be non-binary, genderqueer, transgender. That would all fall into that third line. And so you could fall anywhere on all three of those lines. So say i could have 10% attraction to male people on the first line and then i could have 38% attraction to female people on the second line and then i don't know 7% attraction to other gender people so in that way it could be a spectrum but it's not from gay to straight it's from no attraction to attraction
1: gotcha Ah uh, really interesting. so so, if I'm thinking about my kind of sexual orientation and how do how do i how to go about identifying that um what 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 would you say would be? some things to think about when you're just kind of growing up and sort of trying to realize what that is. So, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't feel like I really had to question that. So, so what what would you say would be um, some st- things that we could think about in our head? Like when we're, when we're just looking at this and trying to figure out where we all fit into it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that it's really important to just remember that it, really confusing to figure out. So that's kind of the first thing. (laughs) You're probably going to have a lot of different thoughts in your head, and some of them are going to be totally opposite, and that's okay and normal. Um, So things to pay attention to are if we're talking about either sexual attraction or romantic attraction, um, not gender, but um, sexual identity, you know, thinking about who it is that you're drawn to want to spend time with. And a lot of us, when we are, you know, little kids, when we're really little kids, we play with everybody, right? It doesn't really matter if they're a boy or girl or whatever. In preschool, we're just like all playing together. And then as we end elementary school, we tend to gravitate towards playing with kids of our perceived same gender. Um, little girls play with little girls. Little boys play with little boys, and they tend to torture each other. <laughs> and then you you get into middle school, and hormones start kicking in, and those groups start commingling a little bit more. Um, so, as your hormones are kicking in, you might find that you're really like fascinated by xyz person or you just have a sense of really wanting to spend time around xyz person and for again the majority of kids it's going to that kind of fascination feeling or that draw towards a person is going to be someone of a different gender than yourself Um, but if you find yourself like really 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 wanting to hang out with you know your best friend who you've known since third grade, but like suddenly it feels like a little bit different, then maybe that's an indicator that you're not totally straight. Um, It may not. It might just be that that friend's really cool and you want to hang out all the time. Fine. But it's a possibility that that's an indicator. So paying attention to who you're like drawn to hang out with, not even like who you want to kiss, because sometimes that can feel really confusing. But just that sense of wanting to hang out feels a little bit more clear. Um, for some folks, it's, it's really obvious that the people that you, like, want to hug or be physically close to or kiss might be someone of the same gender, and that makes it a lot easier. Um, other things to think about or to pay attention to as far as sexual identity would be, um, like, if you're daydreaming about going on a date with someone or daydreaming about hanging out with someone and you're not really like putting a lot of thought into it, it's just kind of happening because we all daydream sometimes. What kind of people are those people? Are they boys? Are they girls? Are they other gendered people? Um, That can be really good information. Other things that can be really powerful are just paying attention to our bodies because our bodies physically react and give us so much information that we may not ever pay attention to so like you're in homeroom for example and you're sitting next to um you know this really attractive person they happen to be same gender as you uh, but everyone knows that they're like cool and popular and really attractive right so okay fine everybody thinks that but then you're sitting there in a homeroom and you get really sweaty and nervous and you like have trouble talking to them and feel like you can't form your words, that might be a possibility that your body's saying, hey, you're interested in this person is like not a friend.
1: You know, do does it really matter to know where you are on the spectrum and like how much, how much emphasis would you put on like really trying to figure that out and like really trying to psychoanalyze yourself? Oh, We're all trying to figure out who we are, especially as a young person. I don't think that ever stops. At what age does that become more um, clear? And like, you know, do we really need to care that much?
2: Yeah. the My answer, my simple answer to that, Ben, is yes and no. So... Um, I think it does matter for people to feel like they know themselves, like they can be sure of themselves. Um, And our sense of self can change over time. So you might as a teenager, like really come to discover that I'm attracted to people of the same gender. And I'm, I believe that I'm gay or I'm a lesbian. And then it might be that, 10 years down the road, you find yourself attracted to someone of a different gender and suddenly your sense of identity has to shift. Um, So trying to figure this out, it's not so important that we come up with like the hard and fast rule of who we are. And that's that the end period. Um, But it can be important for us to feel comfortable within our own bodies comfortable in the way we live our lives, to have a sense of how we identify. I think that that doesn't come through psychoanalyzing, though it doesn't come through like, examining every single detail of our lives over and over and over and over again. But I think it does come from just paying attention to what's happening for ourselves, what feelings are popping up, what's happening in our bodies, you know, what what it's like to have certain experiences. Uh,
1: how, how dynamic do you think the spectrum is?
2: There's, there's this idea of sexual fluidity that people's sexual attraction or sexual orientation might change over time. And a lot of the research that's been done around that has been focused primarily on women, not so much on men. Um, well, I, I say that, that the, the research has... Shown that that tends to be more common for women than men. Um, I guess in my experience, in my practice, I do see people who more often than not identify as straight for a long period of their life. And then at some point later might identify as not straight, which can be really tough um, to, you know, live x number of years thinking you're one thing and then feel like your world is shattered when that changes um more often than not though folks who at least in my experience folks who at some point identify uh as part of the lgbtq community don't at some point go to identifying fully as straight or cisgender like they don't don't say, wait a minute, no, I'm not at all queer of some sort, right? Even if they do find themselves primarily attracted to someone of a, of a different gender.
1: Well, well, let's, let's talk about gender. What what about, um, how do you know, how do you kind of identify your gender then? Totally. Great question.
2: Um, yeah, I think, and it's confusing because those terms get interchanged all the time. Um, so sex or biological sex... Is the um, like the body parts, the hormones that are in our bodies at birth, the the markers that tell the doctor when you're born to say, okay, this is a male person or a female person. Um, also, sometimes what can happen at birth is that you might be intersex, meaning that you have um, body markers of both female, and male bodies. So you might have um, some some combination of genitals that are partially male genitals, partially female genitals, or you might have hormones that are either more female or male than your genitals look. Um, And that's kind of a, a separate topic, but that is a thing that can happen. So imagine, though, going back to if we say biological sex is in a very simplified form, either male or female. Um, gender then is the sense of self of how we see our maleness or femaleness.
1: So we were assigned a sex and then, well, then how does that play into the way that we look at our, our gender? And, um, and, and what are some things that we can do if we feel like our gender is not our sex?
2: A lot of my clients who might be other gender, um, which includes, again, non-binary, genderqueer, transgender, Um, a lot of those clients talk about feeling discomfort in their bodies, like physically in their bodies, that somehow their bodies just don't feel right to them. Um, And a lot of those clients, although not all, Will find themselves like wanting or drawn to playing with the kids of their gender identity not their biological sex so kids who are assigned female at birth might find themselves wanting to always hang out with the boys and like that just feels more natural um but it especially shows up once puberty starts because then the hormones kick in and right all the all the things that really make big markers of being either a female bodied person or a male bodied person get amplified. So girls who start developing breasts might feel really, really unhappy about having breasts. Most girls have some discomfort about developing breasts, even if they're excited about it, just because it's like weird and different and your body's changing. But folks who might identify as other gender might feel really upset and like angry about developing breasts. And same for guys who are assigned male at birth, who then in puberty start having their voice drop. Um, They might feel really upset that their voice is getting deeper and changing. Um, So again, I kind of come back to trying to listen into what your body's saying to you emotionally right because our body holds emotion reactions and if your body is feeling a lot of discomfort internally about how your body looks or feels or operates in the world it might be a marker that you are other gender
0: that's the end of part one of our interview with emily bridge we'll post part two in two weeks Thanks for listening to All Teens Considered.